BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Podcasting House. We're back. If this is your first time listening... Why? <laughs> why? What's taking you so long? Uh, but second of all, here's what, we, here's what you need to know. Each week, we are bringing you a different episode of a BBC podcast that we think is really worth your time. If you like it, you can just search for it and subscribe, preferably in BBC Sounds. We think that's the best place to hear these things. Uh, I'm Eli, and as always, I'm joined by Rianne. Hello. Hello, Rianne. What have you got for us today? I have got uh, a very long-running series from Radio 4 called The Untold, which is a podcast presented by Grace Dent. When I say long-running, it's all relative within Radio 4, isn't it? Yeah. Some things have been running (laughs) for literally decades. Yeah, Yeah. hasn't been running as long as, like, Doctor Who or something. No, that's not on Radio 4, then. Sure. It's on the television. Sure, yeah. Still getting used to our ways. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, The Untold is 100 episodes old. Is it? Yeah. That's why we are having a little celebration. And it takes a story, which as yet has not been told, and it follows it in real time. So there have been some very, very upsetting and moving and life-shifting stories told. And um, we've got a selection of them in there in BBC Sounds, and you'll hear them when you subscribe to the podcast. And you'll find them in a collection on the Radio 4 website. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what are we about to listen to now? I've got no idea. <laughs> you can select whichever one you like, Eli. Yeah, okay. And um, that's the one that we'll listen to. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think the one that we're about to hear is about homelessness. Yes, in setting Corby. That's yeah. the one you chose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, here it is, The Untold. When we see people living without homes, living in doorways, in tents, we all generally agree something should be done. But doing something isn't easy. In order to save lives, you could end up in the firing line for ruining lives too. Started volunteering, thought, well, I'll rock up for one night a month, and then a year later I ended up taking over, so be careful what you wish for, right? Homeless people are either your thing or they're not, if you know what I mean. This is Nicola. She's the sort of woman that makes things happen. So that's someone's clean washing. Obviously they don't have access to washing, so whenever I see them they go, Nicola, will you do my washing? Yeah, yeah, all right then. It's like Chinese laundry at my house. Everybody gets the wrong stuff in the wrong bags. Does that happen quite often then, that you uh, do washing. the washing? Oh, yeah. And that's Sam. He's our producer. He's met up with Nicola and Ray, another volunteer. Raymond, where have you been? Hospital to Johnny's. Oh, OK. Yeah, he's yeah, fine, yeah. yeah. Nicola and Ray are taking Sam into the former gym that they want to renovate into a support centre. So this is our prospective new home. Welcome. Our plan is here. If you want me to walk you round, those front doors will be removed. That'll be a sliding door as people come in. They will check in at reception where there'll be somebody on duty at all times during the day. We've got a little library going into the kitchen and then into the, the dining room. In Over the past few years in Corby, Northamptonshire, formerly a thriving steel town, Homelessness has increased in a dramatic way. Close to the high street, there's a small forest and in recent times a community of rough sleepers have begun living there in tents and under pieces of tarpaulin. As you can imagine, 
Conditions are pretty difficult for these people. We've got an eight-bed female unit because the amount of females is a lot less, although it's rising, but a lot less than the male contingent. And then going into, obviously, the male shower block, toilets, and then up the corner, there's an isolation room up there, which will be, I suppose, akin to a police cell. They've asked us to increase the fence. But everyone isn't happy about the shelter. In fact, there are many strong voices who can tell you why Nicola's idea is not a good one. This is the problem, is that this, that roof there is the sheltered housing. And the main issue is that this homeless centre would sit almost next door to sheltered housing for older people and a care home. My name is Maxine Belsky and the proposed site is just to the back of our back garden. How far away would you say it was? You can see the roof of it just the other side here. Family matters, financial matters, whatever, they are homeless. What's the solution? I really don't know. But I do know that putting them amongst a community of elderly people is not the solution. When that happened, we decided that we were going to fight it. We're not opposed, I have to say, we are not opposed to having a night shelter. We are opposed to the location of it, and that is the crux of the matter. Maxine and Nicola both think that something should be done about the people living in the woods, but in very different ways. And now, after months of consultations and objections logged with Corby Council, a meeting has been called. A choice has to be made. We're trying to respond to what people are worried about. Nevertheless, some of the concerns are, my house price is going to go down. My kids can't walk to school. Well, I'm sorry. Just because they're homeless and they don't have a home doesn't mean they're going to eat small children for breakfast. The elderly people there, don't know whether you've been told this, they've got cancer, they're in their last days, and they are really worried, upset, scared, not knowing what to do. You know, they're going to be frightened. What we're hoping is we're going to have enough time and the funding secured to get phase one done and ready for winter opening. So then how important is the decision tomorrow then? (laughs) It's everything, seriously. We really, really worry that without us, you know, this winter, somebody would die without this shelter. It's, It's life and death, honestly, yeah. It's a community here. And have you ever done anything like this before? No. This is my home. So we're doing everything we can. This is, this is us. This is us. For them tomorrow, it's a planning decision. For us, this is our whole life. And this is The Untold. After Nicola and Ray have shown Sam around the building, they head to the lunch club that their charity Nightlight organise three times a week. Oh my God, if it isn't my favourite man in the world. Gravestock, how are you, darling? This is Tom, was one of my beautiful guests in the night shelter. Thorn in my side, pain in the arse, but I love him. You're a good bloke, aren't you, darling? Yeah. I just came over to look for you. This is Thomas. Thomas Gravestock. He's around 35, medium build. He's got a big, wide smile. You used to go to when the shelter was in the old building. I helped set up the other shelter when it first opened, and then it moved from there to the other church, and then they've lost that church. So hopefully we're getting this building sorted round here. A bit of, uh, what's it called? 
positive news. Are you not having it, boy? No, I ate most of it. Did you? Is that what you call most of it? It's early in the day for me. Is it? Is it too early to eat? Yeah. Mm. What are you doing with your life? Where are you staying anyway? I've got, I, need, I need to ring up this company in this room. I'll be able to hopefully get somewhere to stay. I've got PPI, I've got... Oh, okay, yeah, you yeah, were saying that last week. Yeah, I need Good. to ring them. We'll get on with it then. I've got my mortgage, I've got... Oh, Tom. And my Capital One card, but I can't ring them because I ain't got no credit. Can I borrow your phone to yes. ring them? You know you can. I'll get them to ring me back, but... They do everything for you, though, babes. They've already done it, they've already done well, it. Well, there you go, then. I think you've probably just got to sign the form and get on with it. Wait for the money. You better be taking me somewhere nice. <laughs> Leave them on the draining board, darling. It'll be fine. And you'll sort it out. It's a pleasure to meet you, my old son. Nice to meet you as well, yeah. You know, it's our big meeting tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Big. I've got to come and do the talking for you, ain't I? <laughs> God help us. I'll get up and do a little number and that. What, are you going to sing? Yeah, I'll get up and sing a little song William? for you. Yeah. What's your theme tune? What are you going to sing, me? Duck of the Bay, Otis Redding. Oh, nice! This lady is the best, and Ray, Ray as well. They've got, both got a heart of gold for what they do for the homeless, yeah. Um, I'm Anthony, Anthony Rainbow. They've kept us alive, these services. Do you live in... The in the woods, yeah, in the woods in the tent, yeah. Yeah, and it's not ideal, I don't think, you know. So if the centre were to open, it would be... Oh, it'd be a future for me. I, I, you know, I'd get myself together and tr- try and get back to work and try and live a normal life. I really would, yeah. The centre would really help me, yeah, and, and everybody else that's homeless as well, yeah. I'm Lorna. And I've been homeless for about, since November now. And stayed in the nightlight for a few weeks and then when that closed off, so I became in a tent. But the difference between the two is shocking because obviously in the nightlight you've got your, your safe people around you, but when you're in the tent, obviously you're not always safe. So I think from my point of view, for the Corbett nightlight, to have the new shelter would be beneficial to them really, really a lot, I think it would. And it'd help a lot of homeless people out as well. And I mean, I've been to the council so many times and they've just said, look, there's, no, there's nothing we can do. And I've sorted the rent out with them and everything, so that's all done, you don't need to worry about that. That was, yeah, me just tying up loose ends with the planning officer. He's like, Nicholas, stay by the phone, because I think over the next few days, anything that comes to his mind will be like, what well, I need an answer to it. Yeah, all good, anyway, all good. Tomorrow, I'll oh, you know, but, uh, yeah, I hope I'm going to sleep tonight. It's one of those things, you know, where you wake up tomorrow morning, you know where you open one eye and go, what day is it? Oh, my goodness, it's today, it's D-Day, you know. it's. I've got two children. Apart from giving birth, I think this is the most important thing I've ever done with my whole life. While Nicola tries to put all her thoughts in order, down the road, Maxine and the other local residents are meeting to get their act together Getting too. Back, what sort of order are we going to talk? You're the nearest to the... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go first if you want, yeah. yeah. But they are very good at playing to people's weaknesses and yeah. to oh, their guilty yeah. conscience. Absolutely, yeah. 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 You're, you're not a decent person because you won't let... Absolutely. Right. Well, you know, vulnerable it, it people... It works at the, sort of, oh. the NIMBY effect, not yeah. in my backyard. Right, yeah. no, it's That's not, what we call... Well, to be yeah. honest, it's... To be honest, to be honest, it is partially that, to be honest with you, but... For good reason. Yeah, for a good reason, because the the detrimental to this neighbourhood is phenomenal. Now, Mm -hmm. I've lived here 55 years or something, Mm -hmm. a long, long time, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
And this is the biggest adverse effect we've ever had on this neighbourhood. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. Just ignoring us. It's just that's as if they just, they're going to do this and hell yeah. mend it, they're going to do it and that's yeah. it. Yeah. It, it yeah. isn't it? It, yeah. it begs belief. It's an absolute whitewash. It's not that we've just got a flimsy case, it's like we've got a rock solid really. The thing is, it's a keyword, it's a buzzword now, yeah. isn't it? Because it's, it's a just, national yeah. problem. Yeah. 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 We all know that they do need somewhere. If you can get one in the right place, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So right, this is yeah. not the place. And that is our main... Yeah. Okay, back to business. Absolutely. Who's the second speaker? Can I... Do you want me to read your mind? My name is Jane Nimmo. I am the daughter-in-law of Nancy Nimmo, who lives in the first close of bungalows adjacent to Wollongong House, metres away from the proposed homeless hub. She is the longest resident in the complex, and she is 87 years old. Firstly, I would like to point out that Nancy and the residents nearby are council tenants, paying rent, and some, like Nancy, have been tenants of this council for decades. In my view, citing a homeless hub next door to a ward and control facility for the elderly should never have been considered and should have been rejected at the idea stage. I have a compassionate and non-judgmental attitude towards those members of our society who are less fortunate. Nancy, too, particularly wanted me to stress she has nothing against homeless people. She has a reputation for kindness and generosity. However, there is an unacceptable risk of loitering by residents of the hub. Antisocial behaviour will be associated with loitering, smoking, noise, urinating, intimidating. The council has a duty to protect their elderly and vulnerable long-standing tenants. In order to achieve this, they must seek an alternative site for a facility for the homeless. Excellent. How long was it though? It's getting dark and Ray and another volunteer from Nightlight, Jay, are visiting the camp in the woods where homeless people like Pavel and Nicholas are living. So is this uh, is this what you guys often do in an evening play cards then? Is it not for a real man? What's the game that you're playing? Texas Colgan. He's the best. What will you guys do if it starts to rain? No options, you know. Is it difficult uh, holding a job and, and living here, or is it okay? For me, it's normal. You know. But this problem with the houses, you know. If somebody wants for room 120 quid, I don't spend my half of the wages weekly for the, this, that, this room. Anyway, told you later on, after two weeks, if you no pay, I kick you out again. There's no point. Anyway, I, you are homeless as well. <laughs> See you in a bit, Pavel. See another four tents, more sleeping area. This is their kitchen. Canvas tarpaulin sheet hanging from trees. Half a dozen chairs around, a small table made out of some logs. Open campfire, log fire. This is what this is what the way they're living at the moment, you know, under tarpaulin sheets. And how much of this has been provided by you guys? Everything. When they were in the shelter, and basically kicked, most of them kicked their alcohol issue they had, and they, they were getting up for work, and every day they were in the warmth, they were getting fed. But once they come back out here, it passes their day away. If they're drunk, they fall asleep, and that's their day gone. Started off as one tent, and then two, and then what you see here now. There's another tent down there where I actually... It wasn't even a tent when I found the guy. He was sleeping under a sleeping bag in the wet, and this is when we were in serious rain. But all these guys, all they've got is each other and us coming around every now and again to make sure they're all right. And it shouldn't be like this. They need a shelter. It actually literally brings a tear to my eye every time I even think about it. 
if it rains here, Dug. it's soaking. We've actually dug troughs and just to make sure water runs off. Being out here, I'm trying to get my kids back at the moment and having the shelter would give me the sustainability to get the children back long-term in my care because they're in foster care. That's Lorna, the woman we met at the lunch club earlier on. That's a fire on our shopping trolley there. It's lonely sometimes because you've got no one like, to talk to. Like, even though they're friends, you can't always talk to them about your problems because they've got their own problems as well. So it is quite hard sometimes. What's the kind of ratio in terms of men to women around here? I'm the only, I'm the only actually homeless woman, actually, to be honest, that where the camps are, yeah. It's Wednesday morning, the day of the big meeting. Nicola and Ray have met for breakfast to talk over their strategy. Big day, big day. It's like... 15 months of work have led us to this point, you know. I've been awake since half four, so it's going to be a long day. Why do you think you've been encouraged to achieve more things for Nightlight? Um, I think I'm very stubborn. There was never one thing that particularly grabbed me until I came to working with homeless people. Nicola and Ray have given up a lot for Nightlight. For the past year, they've worked without wages. But if this plan is approved... The funding will include a budget for six full-time staff. Will it be a financial relief for you to be finally being paid for the stuff that you're doing? I guess so, yeah. I mean, you know, it's never been about the money. I mean, I suppose if you'd have said to me, do you want to work a year with no wages, I'd have told you you were being ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, it hasn't been a disaster. I've got money coming in from other sources, do you know? But I never envisaged that it would take this long to get everything together. I mean, tonight is the culmination of about 15 or 16 months' hard work, and it's terrifying. I'm representing our organisation tonight and this is the gig of my life. It's absolutely terrifying, not least because the decision doesn't lay in our hands and letting other people decide what happens with my life is is scary because it's do or die tonight and we rest on the verdict of those eight councillors. And how will the meeting uh, play out then? The planning officer who's looked after our case from the beginning will give an overall summary of that. I think then it comes to speakers. I believe that the opposition, the objectors go first and then it will come over to supporting. Um, So that will be me and I'll be holding my breath probably until then. And then I think once all of that is concluded and all the information has been given they will vote in front of us. So we will know at that point, if we don't get planning permission tonight, that is probably the end of my career because I can't continue to deliver the service I want to deliver or I can't deliver the service I I want to deliver from a borrowed building. That's not what I ever wanted. So for me, if if we don't get planning permission, the the dream will end tonight. You'll step down from nightline? Yeah. Yeah. You'll resign? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I can't, I can't do things in half measures. I'm not a half measures girl. Nicola and Ray make a strong case for the shelter. But you can also speak to people who oppose it, like William, who will be attending the meeting tonight. My name's William Thompson. I stay in the bungalows. We're basically all the same. We're, we're ill and we're elderly. We're here for the last bit of our life, you know what I mean? There's an awful lot of people here that get terminal cancer. Joe, God love him, he's no long to go. 
and the security over there for the elderly, where they all meet, play bingo, have wee cups of tea. But that will be destroyed, they feel, with this thing coming in, you know, the hub. Why do they feel that? Because a lot of the people leave their doors open so people can walk in and say, hello, Jean, how are you today? But that would have to stop because of the fear factor that somebody else could walk into their house. That's what they're really worried about. Now, where that fence is down the bottom there, can you see it from here? So that means that they can walk all round here. They're right round the whole bungalows. Yeah, so how far away is that from your house then? Well, what do you reckon? There it's there, right in front of you. Yeah, so a few yards really, isn't it? Absolutely. It's so near us. We appreciate it. people have to get a place to stay. We all know that. It's a, we're not against homeless people. But it's for us, it's just not the right area. You know what I mean? We shouldn't be have to go through this at your age, in time in life. If the plan goes through, will you stay here? Oh, well, I don't think so. I think I'll be moving back to Scotland. Really? Yes. Yeah, I've already made plans. I spoke to my, my daughters and uh, I've just moved back up there and die up there, you know what I mean? With less than 30 minutes to go before the meeting, we caught up with Nicola to hear her final preparations. But she's just had a piece of news that has changed everything. Yeah, so I had an email about half four saying that the council is seeking a deferral on the decision for tonight for the meeting because they've got some query over the Housing Act or something or the other. You know, I've just said to the planning office of him, this is just a meeting that's been cancelled. For me, this is, a, this is the whole of my life. And the emotion is just, I don't know whether I can put myself through this again, honestly. And the, the problem is, the longer we get pushed back, the more likely it is that we're not going to get open for the winter. I wouldn't mind so much if I was trying to build a nuclear plant. But when you're trying to do something good for the benefit of the community, it's just like, wow... Do you think that you'll be able to go through this process again in a couple of weeks' time or whenever it needs to be? I have told the planning officer quite categorically that if it's not done within the next three weeks, it won't be done because it just has too big an impact on me and then on my family, you know. Corby Council delayed the meeting to seek legal advice. This did not take a couple of weeks. Hello. Hi, Nicola, it's Sam here. Hi, Sam. How are you? How long has it been uh, since the last time I saw you then? Um, I think I last saw you on the 6th of June, nearly two months now, or a month and a half. Um, so I spoke to them on Monday and they said that it was drawing to a conclusion, but they didn't really have any idea of the time frame. No, we're not going to be moving into that building before next spring, possibly. If it happens, then it'll be brilliant, you know, whenever it opens. And at the point... When a date finally does arrive, something has happened that's shaken Nicola and the community of volunteers. Tomorrow we have our planning meeting at 7 o'clock. Uh, told me it would be a couple of weeks. It's been a little bit longer than that. So, yeah, we've had a three-month wait, but it's here now. Sadly, we lost one of our homeless people a couple of weeks ago in tragic circumstances. We're uh, not wholeheartedly focused on the whole thing, really, now. So, yeah, still exciting times, but, yeah, it's been a difficult few weeks for all of us. So, 
So do you mind if I just ask you a little bit more? So one of your clients has, has passed away, is that right? Yes, he has. Yeah, he was murdered uh, a couple of weeks ago in Corby. Yeah. He was one of our guests at the shelter last year, but Tom was, I considered him to be one of my friends. He wasn't just one of my clients, one of my guests. So it's been a painful couple of weeks. Thomas, the man we met months back, who said he would sing at the meeting, has died. Since summer, someone has been charged with his murder. Oh my God, if it isn't my favourite man in the world. Gravestock? Meeting tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I've got to come and do the talking for you, ain't I? <laughs> God help us. I'll get up and do a little number and that. What are you going to sing? Through. Yeah, I'll get up and sing a little song William. for you. Yeah. Dark of the Bay, Otis Redding. It may be three months since the council cancelled the last meeting to decide on this shelter, but the residents' mood of opposition is still strong. Last night was literally just the residents just coming in just to confirm who was going to be speaking tonight. How determined are you to oppose this? Oh, uh, yes, continue? we'll keep going. Have you or any of the other residents been in touch with, with Nightlight over the past, since the last meeting? No. So Big Night is finally here. It's a bit like, wow, it's taken me a year to get here. You lost a member of your mm. community mm. recently. We lost Tom, um, it would be two weeks ago yesterday. He was murdered in Corby. And that's, it's just been a devastating loss. Good bloke, really sharp sense of humour, beautiful smile. And how does that make you feel in the context of trying to get the shelter? We looked back, Ray and I, you know, he's my outreach manager, and thought, you know, was there anything we could do to prevent that because Tom was our first death while Ray and I have been in charge of the service you know at the moment we haven't got a permanent facility please God after tonight you know we'll be on the road to getting one it's going to be some time we won't be opening until at least next summer you know but please God we might prevent something happening again Bullying or intimidation will not be tolerated at this meeting please respect each other's points of view please do know that it will not help your cause if you shout out during the meeting. Understand you may have strong views. If you do so, then I will have to warn you and may have to ask you to leave. First to speak are the objectors. We are now 2018 and someone's an ill-conceived, hair-brained application. Are you prepared to become the owners or even the instigators of such a damaging legacy? The council has a duty to protect their elderly and vulnerable long standing tenants, equally as much as serve the needs of the homeless. They should not be mutually exclusive. We should not be frightened of crime level rising and the security of our property due to the overworking of a small part of Corby. Can I ask you to wind up now, please? The location is completely wrong. Then it's the turn of Nicola and the others speaking for the proposal. The reality is that the risk, harm and damage that people can cause to owners who are not accommodated is greater. Without the help and support of my volunteers at that typical time, I honestly believe that I would have either died or gone back to using drugs. We urge the committee to grant us planning permission for a new permanent place before someone dies from another violent attack in our town or freezes to death in the winter, as they did last year in Northampton, Milton Keynes and Leicester. And finally, it comes down to the vote. Against. Councillor Sims. For. 
Councillor Anderson. Four. Councillor Cassidy. Four. Councillor Latter. Four. I, uh, I got four. And therefore, this plan planning uh, proposal has been accepted. Come on! <laughs> What's the kind of feeling amongst the other residents, do you think? Unfortunately, there are so many questions that we want to ask, and we couldn't. We, we've had to state what we wanted, but there are questions that haven't been answered. Their lot were a bit noisy when they'd been asked not to be, but there we are. We just got planning permission for our new shelter, so now it's going to be a long, long round of applying for money and, you know, building work and me, me in a hard hat. How confident are you about um, funding then? Uh, the government are just about to release a huge amount of money in a, in a lump sum. We will be putting in for, for a good bit of that. Now we've got planning permission. It's in the flow, do you know. It's, now it's not a what if, it's, a, it's happening. Are you uh, worried about any of the objections? I think we've got a lot of work to do. You all right, love? Oh, no, come, come, come. I want to speak to you about okay? I'm not OK. Raise inside. Well, I haven't had... I ain't got nowhere to live. Right. Listen, raise inside. Go and talk to Ray, and Ray will help you. See you in a minute, Amanda. All right, love, yeah. OK, babe, OK. My homeless girls. You've been listening to The Untold. The producer today was Sam Peach. I'm Grace Dent. If you've got a story that you'd like to share, you can email theuntold at bbc.co.uk. Then I watch them roll away again. Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. So there it is, The Untold. Uh, really brilliant. Made in Bristol? Is that right? It's made in a variety of places, actually. Right. Different producers around the BBC right, okay. make them. Um, yeah, and there are quite a few that come to us from Bristol. So there's a load more there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and, and I mean, there's one that particularly sticks in my mind was, was a woman trying to track down her husband. Right. And uh, he had just gone missing. It's called The Missing and yeah. it actually became a short podcast series. But there are loads in there. Yeah. And because they're real life, you, you get even more invested in them. And, um, yeah, it's a good series. The Untold. See you next time.